Only when I have ceased to breathe will I be dead. I have led the entire human race to ruin. Someday you just can't get rid of a bomb. This is the trouble! You have been a good boy. Have a lollipop. That was the speech! It was dumb! It was obvious! It was pointless! It was short! I loved it! Welcome to Film Logic, a movie podcast about the movies of yesterday, today, and tomorrow with all the fandoms in between. I'm one of your hosts, Mike, and I'm with my other beautiful host. Oh, it's me, it's Adam. Adam, how are you doing? I'm I'm doing fantastic. I feel like um, every time we do one of these, I, I'm always like, man, it feels like it's been so long. It feels like so much has happened. So I, I, I'm ready. I I'm don't. ready to talk about the, the you know, some some current events. And it, it always feels like right when you know the weather changes and it gets to being you know fall into winter. Like this is the perfect time for movies, right? Mm-hmm. So yes, yeah. This is this is you know this is the perfect time, perfect time of the year. Yes, when a young man's fancy turns back to the house, <laughs> not to the out great outdoors. <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I'm wearing a cozy robe. Um, I don't have my a Darjeeling tea, but I feel very cozy. Ooh, yeah. I uh I'm just, you know, I'm chilling. Uh I got a I got a nice hoodie and you know, a nice little blanket, but as I get more and more enthusiastic as I throw out hot takes, I'll probably lose the blanket. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to have to throw logs off this fire cuz the fire is going to come from my opinions. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyways, uh, yesterday was Halloween, and I, I'm mm-hmm. bummed we missed a right-before-Halloween episode, but that's what happened last year, too, so I I think it's just, it's tradition now. Yeah, right? Uh, it, it feels, it feels apropos, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> yes. And now we're going to talk about top five All Saints Day movies. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go first. Boondocks, All Saints Day. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That's funny. That's great. Val, Val Kilmer, The Saint. <laughs> the Saint. <laughs> Everything that's Saint related. Uh, yes. That's funny. Oh, um,. Yeah, I got nothing. Nothing immediately comes to mind. Right, right. Halloween was fire. Um, but everything else, not so much. Yeah, there's not too many movies that are really excited about the day after Halloween. Right. You know, no right. no Freddie Mercury. Freddie Mercury's? <laughs> no Freddie versus Jason's. You know, yeah. there's no there's no serial killer that comes and haunts November first, right? Except for the hosts, the ghosts of dead Catholic saints, <laughs> right? Right. And I don't know what's scarier, to be honest. No, you're right. Absolutely right. 
where, Mike, where do you fall? I know this isn't exclusively a, uh, uh, you know, this isn't a movie question, but when do you feel like is the appropriate time to start getting ready and getting into the the Christmas spirit? I know some people say the minute that, you know, Halloween ticks over at midnight, it's Christmas Mm -hmm. go, go, go. But I don't know. How do you feel about it? I'm not militant about those who wish to celebrate early, but in my family, as soon as it's Black Friday, we put up the tree, and that's always yeah. been our tradition. Yeah, that's that's what my mom did for us. Like it was always, you know, because we had we usually had the day off from you know school, and you know mm-hmm. she didn't have to cook for the next couple of days because we had tons of provisions. And yeah, it was yeah. always the next day we would start, you know, we'd put up the Christmas tree. Um, but the big thing for us was we'd put our put out our stockings on Black Friday. That was the big thing. Ah. Uh, and hopes that Saint Capitalism would soon be <laughs> there. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, um uh, I I'm not a stickler for those who do it. Mm. Uh, I do, I do dread that you know Mariah Carey is going to make her rounds over the mall speakers. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, that, that's that that's always that's always the tough part. Yeah, that song has filled her hot tub with so much gold. <laughs> right, mm-hmm. it's crazy. I honestly couldn't tell you the last song that she's ever put out but it doesn't matter because every every christmas season she gets that she gets that bag baby right she gets that beautiful royalty check now if this was a movie podcast ahem you Mm. should listen to retro groove i would tell you (laughs) that mariah carey came had an unreleased 90s grunge-esque album Mm mm-hmm and that she kept hidden till just like a few years ago called Ugly Girl. And I am so curious to listen to it. I haven't gotten around to it, but now I want to know if if her album sounds like Soundgarden, Nirvana, you know, Alice in Chains. Right, Stone Temple Pilots. Yeah. I, I, I want to know what it means for Mariah Carey to come out with a grunge album. Yeah, maybe maybe that'll solve world peace. Yep. Looking at you, Retro Groove, I want you to review every track. Every track. We'll mm-hmm. do a listen by listen. You know, and, yep. and maybe steering us back towards our usual topics of conversation. And mm-hmm. maybe this is a, an episode that we can save for another time. But I'd love to see, you know, because Christmas obviously is one of the bigger holidays. So is Halloween. But you know, those are also two of the mo- or two of the the holidays with the most movies that take place mm-hmm. on them or around them. I'd love to see like a a head to head battle of maybe like the top five Halloween movies, the top five Christmas movies, you know, the top yep. five Fourth of July movies, and just like see who comes out, who's the ultimate holiday movie. That would be interesting, just because the only patriotic movie I can think of right now. Is um, Independence Day? <laughs> I mean, but that's a that's a heck of a that's a heck of a movie, though. Yeah, Th- that's mean... to not confuse my metaphors. Independence <laughs> Day is like the Titanic of summer movies. 
Oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And you know, how many, you know, how many Christmas movies, how many, you know, Halloween movies have an incredible speech given by the president of the United States that includes the holiday in the speech. Right. I can't think of anything else. You know, in you know, Independence Day might not might not have too many other movies, but the one movie it does have is like, you know, you know, it's it's you know, it, it's it's the ultimate one, right? Like there's like I don't know. It, it, we'd have to we'll have to do the bracket. We'll have to see what happens. Right, right, right. Regardless, let's talk about new movies that we've seen. Mm. I I did a a really good like this past two weeks I've mm. nailed a lot of movies off my checklist. Mm. And some of them I didn't even know were on my checklist. <laughs> and I said, there it is. This movie is on my checklist. Mm. Adam, I don't know if you want to go first, but I'm just going to sure. rattle them off if you don't go first. Sure. I mean, I'll I'll, I'll do it. I'll do it quick and dirty. Um, I did my annual yearly tradition of watching one of my favorite movies of all time. Um, Charlie Brown's uh, classic halloween seminal classic the great pumpkin um you know that's one of my favorite movies short films whatever you want to call it um i watch it every year um so i, I rewatched that pretty recently love it it holds up it's so beautiful um i love that while charlie brown is getting a rock you know snoopy is fighting for his life over the trenches of world war one uh yeah there's it's it's so great there's so many classic lines in it such as I got a candy apple. I got a rock. It's, <laughs> you know, it's it's wonderful. Uh, you know, the amount of times that I've dressed up as Charlie Brown's ghost costume, you know, the one with all the holes in it, too many times mm-hmm. to count. It's my go-to Halloween costume. Simple, easy, quick and simple. Um, yeah, so I rewatched that pretty recently. Um, so incredible. And then also on Halloween, and this might become this might become a new tradition. Uh, for me, but I watched the the Batman, um, the Robert Pattinson uh, oh. Batman movie. Um, that you know, because that movie takes place on October thirty first. At least the the intro part of it does. So it, you know, it just gives me it gives me all the good spooky vibes and um, you know the the color palette, and it's just the right amount of length to be able to dodge any and all trick-or-treaters so I can have all the lights off and watch Batman. And uh, last but certainly not least, and this isn't movie-related, but the way that it's shot and uh, just how spooky it actually is, and if you haven't seen this yet, I highly recommend it. The The TV show, The Fall of the House of Usher, um, it's, a, it's a horror uh, TV series that came out this year. Um, it's, uh, you know, based, of course, on a bunch of Edgar Allan Poe, um, short stories. Uh, so, you know, it's got that down in spades, the, the, the creepiness and the intrigue. Um, but it's kind of a, a modern retelling. Um, it's, it's almost very, um, House of Cards or, um, 
yeah, it, it's it's about a um a family, the Usher family that um has established this um me- medical uh pharmaceutical empire and they make, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars and um as the story unfolds, you kind of see that all of their children including, you know, the the, the heads of the household are they all have these quite literal skeletons in their closet and um as their live they're kind of these microscopes um from outside forces they start to turn on each other and um there's a lot of drama there's a lot of horror there's a lot of you know classic Edgar Allan Poe tropes and it's it's very good um and it's on Netflix uh it's got a, a an awesome it's got a 90 on Rotten Tomatoes um, if that matters to you, and um, it's directed by um, it's directed by the person that did The Haunting of Hill House and Hill Manor. Um, I can't remember which what it's called, but uh, and it has it has an, a, a really great cast, um, including uh, but you know not limited to. Um, you know the one, the only Mark Hamill, uh, who plays a wonderful uh, lawyer in it. Talking about um, uh, the show called The Fall of the House of Usher, and mm-hmm. um, yeah, and it's it's really incredible. The the, the visuals on it are, are really great, and the the cast is really brilliant. Um, Mark Hamill is in it. Uh, Bruce Greenwood plays uh, the main uh, the main character, the the titular um, Usher. Um, he's you know he's known for you know his work in um movies like you know i robot and star trek and extra sleep but he's he's absolutely brilliant in uh, in this one as well as um one of my favorite actors um uh raul coley he's in uh, a tv show called i zombie but um he's also great in uh-huh. um the haunting of hill house uh various other things so yeah this this the show is is really great there's it has a little something for everyone there's um there's really good horror to it but it's not like saw horror it's more like um truly haunting kind of edgar Allan poe of course inspired existential horror and dread um but coupled with you know true crime drama and family antic stuff so yeah definitely give this a watch um Mm -hmm. and it's you know it's it's very very well done and i can't recommend it enough Mm. reminds me of the turning of the screw which is also a classic ghost movie but it kind of makes you think is it is it ghosts or is the person going insane you decide (laughs) right right yeah um yeah no that there's definitely um aspects of that you start to question you know what's Mm -hmm. what's reality and you know is is there an existential horror happening or is it just you know the natural consequences of the choices of these characters and that are being personified as these these supernatural things and you know all things that edgar Allan poe is you know an absolute master of creating and his writing so i i think they do they do him justice um in the show so yeah so those are you know those are the things that i've been watching this spooky season mike what about you what have you been what have you been enjoying well as i said i did a movie marathon a sprint mm. even <laughs> so um our last episode was fall movies we i talked about the johnny english movie and how i never saw the third one mm-hmm. well i remedied that and gave rowan atkinson another try and i really 
enjoyed the absolute silliness of Johnny English Strikes Again. Um, one scene in particular is he's wearing like VR goggles um, to he wants because these VR goggles have a layout of this guy's house and he puts on these goggles, but he doesn't know that he's walking in real time. So wow. as he's fighting like guards, he's hitting like people in bookstores <laughs> and pretending to shoot them with their own umbrellas. And it's it's just it's classic uh, physical comedy gold. So I highly recommend that movie if you want like a short and clean laugh. Movie doesn't make any. Well, the movie is very simple. Um, it's not 007 quality plot, but you're you're really gonna enjoy it. Yeah. Um, no. It it seems yeah it, it seems like a very original but very modern. Mm-hmm. You know, like uh, it has all the you know the the trappings of traditional horror tropes, but. You know, in a way that is unquestionably modern, and 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 that's and that's I think what horror really as a genre is about, right? Like it's yeah. this idea that we get to we oh, hold Johnny up the English mirror. isn't a horror. Are we talking oh, about the no. same movie? No, but I'm saying the oh. uh, with the VR and right. Um, I mean, to to the larger point that I was trying to make was that like the the you know the idea of like what makes things horror and what makes things scary right. is uh. You know, it takes things that we're, we're, you know, that we take for com- for granted and, and then we like, you know, and it, 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 we, we, we make it, we allow it to question, we use it to question things around us and like, you know, do we control things or do we allow things to control us? Mm-hmm. And in this and, case, Mr. Bean was controlling VR and hitting elderly folks. Right. And, you know, I, I've seen all kinds of online internet things about, you know, is Mr. Bean an alien? Is he, <laughs> you know, is he a, you know, an extraplanar horror? You know, is he uh, an old god come to, to to haunt us mere mortals? And, um, you know, I, I think if you view it in that lens and you watch it with that in mind, you know, maybe just maybe, they, they, you know, they might have a people that say that might have a point. Yeah, it's it's funny how his movies like serve the hijinks on such a platter. Like in, in this one, every beat was, oh, Johnny English, you know, walking across this plank is a little hard. And then he'll be like, oh, if you're an amateur and then, you know, right after he shows overcompetence. Uh, he does something horrible, like falls off the plank and sets it on fire and launches a missile at it. <laughs> and just it's like beat after beat like that. Uh, yeah, there, that movie, so predictable, but it had its moments. Right, right. And, you know, it's a, it's a shame that, you know, that, that movies like that don't really have um, an equivalent, I think, in the last 20 years. Like, there's not that, like, family-oriented comedy, right? Yeah. Well, you know, when it's... Like, Rowan Atkinson is... He's so a brand. Mm. When you get him, you know he's he's pretty much a live-action minion. <laughs> but with, like, humility and pain that you can relate to. <laughs> And, well, I yeah, he, and he's at least to me, he's like he's one of my comedy heroes. I don't know about you, Mike, mm-hmm. but oh yeah, he's um, on my Mount Rushmore for sure. And maybe we'll have we'll we'll have to have that episode someday. We talk about comedy, but comedy movies. But he he just is a master of timing, and he just knows how to make a single look to camera, you know, somehow the funniest thing that, you know, it it becomes, you know, a Marvel writer's wet dream, right? Like, it's, (laughs) like, he's just, 
yeah, he just nails it. And um, oh, it's 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 a shame that there's not, you know, mm-hmm. there's not, you know, there's not more movies out right now like that. Yeah, right. Yeah. So I would say give it a try. Go to your local library. Demand Johnny English Strikes Back. <laughs> yeah. Uh, your kids will like it. It's a great movie. Um, You'll like it. Other movie I saw was Bridge of Spies. Ooh, yeah. It's one of those movies that, like, has always existed in the back of my brain as quality. And a part of me was like, uh, another Cold War movie about <laughs> how things are so tense. Right. And, you know, do I really want to go down this journey? But I actually really liked, I mean, it has Tom Hanks. And Tom yeah. Hanks plays a lawyer who has to represent a spy for Russia and how mm. he uses his conscience and ethics to get rid of all that rhetoric that he's a spy, he deserves death, uh, to to give some humanity to the to the man who's actually kind of like a sweet grandpa that the spy I'm talking about is kind of like a sweet grandpa who just uh you know it doesn't go into like why he loves Russia or why he's spying for it he's just he's just a very relatable guy and you you actually want him to see him win mm. and then uh it all it all goes to the bridge at the end where Tom Hanks has to see if he can trade the spy for one of the guys that got captured in Russia and about the standoff. And, you know, the moral of the story is, is you got to use your, your moral integrity and not use manipulative junk uh, that the Russians and American wanted to use. You have to choose the higher ground and do the right thing. So Mm. it's a feel good movie of the year, whatever year it was. (laughs) Oh, that's funny. Wow. Yeah. So uh, that's a that's a real left turn from <laughs> Johnny English. Yeah. I mean, they're opposite sides of the spectrum. All right. But you know what goes right in the middle of that spectrum, Adam? Hmm. Um, so I don't want to surprise anyone, but there's this popular movie about going to a Chuck E. Cheese where the animatronics come alive and uh, people... And they get murdered. Um, <laughs> animatronics murder innocent people. Is it? Is it murder? Uh, you know, like I, I don't know, because murder it feels like you know you have to have you know, and of course you know I'm I'm speaking from a place of ignorance, having not seen uh what you're about to talk about, or having had played what we're about to talk about, but. Murder seems like you know is it's it's a machine, right? Those, those things are animatronic, so they they're not they're not doing it necessarily maliciously, right? They're not they're not doing it with forethought. Well, I have no idea about Five Nights at Freddy, but I saw Willy's Wonderland. Got him. Yeah, yeah Willy's Wonderland on Tubi. It was free, and I'd always heard about this movie. And it stars our patron saint of movies, Nicolas Cage. I must stay. And Nicolas Cage made a bold decision in this movie. He would not speak a single word through the entire movie, but you, still somehow be Nicolas Cage. Do you think that was in the contract, or did he just show up and it was like, I'm not speaking? Oh, and they're like, 100%, oh, oh. Yeah. When these DVD, straight to DVD movies come out, if you read the show notes, Nicolas Cage has so much creative decisions. <laughs> like, if, if he draws an alien on a napkin, I kid you not, then that's what the alien becomes in the movie Jiu-Jitsu. Or, I mean, I bet there's like 16 pages of his lines, and he's just like, nah, I want to be quiet. Right, I got laryngitis. Yeah. Basically, his character has like this OCD quirk that really loves cleaning things. So he's forced to clean like Willy's Wonderland, which is has all these like 
historical tragedies behind it. Mm. And, you know, we later learned that, like, Willy's Wonderland was uh, employed by the greatest serial killers in the world at the time in the 60s. And it was just right. being used to, like, murder families. And somehow they did this satanic ritual to get their souls stuck in the animatronic animals. So, you know, same old, same old. Code. Nicolas Cage has to clean this place. But every time, like, some animatronic comes alive, like, he doesn't flinch. He's like, his his facial features are like, ooh, that's inconvenience. And then he'd beat the crap out of it. And then, you know, that was kind of his character. And then go back to cleaning. Um, and then, to, to make things even awesome, um, he has this quirk where every hour he has to drink a can of soda and play a pinball game while dancing to it. <laughs> and that's not even and, the character. That's just Nick Cage. Yeah, like... I think that was a deleted scene, and it's just like, they, let's just go with it, guys. And so you'll see that, like, over and over and over. In fact, when there are, like, monsters, like, about to kill this girl, his watch, like, dings, and he hands the girl a knife and plays pinball and drinks soda. And, yeah, I have to say that the movie, you know, was great. And if if you're one of those people who uh, did not like Five Nights at Freddy, got disappointed, I would say watch Willy's Wonderland. <laughs> um, I mean, it is 100% more rated R. Uh, okay. I'll warn you that there's a, there's murder. If there's no murder in Five Nights at Freddy, there's definitely murder in this movie. Mm. And I really think that this movie wanted to rush the gate to beat Five Nights at Freddy's because it's like three years, four years. Mm. Um, it, it saw the trend in the game and said, you know, we can jump on this and we can get Nicolas Cage. So, you know, that's a recipe usually for success. Yeah, that's great. Um, no, I, I love that. It, I love those. Um, if you just dig long enough. You know, you can just find these little quirks in movies, right? Something that's like, you know, a, a success story today was, you know, attempted and tried five years ago with Nick Cage. Yeah. Now, one thing I love about Tubi is that they get the coolest slash weirdest stuff. Like, mm. on one hand, you can watch uh, the DC miniseries Swamp Thing, the one that was uh, by James Wan. Yeah, they got canceled. And they got canceled so fast. Ugh. You can yeah, you can watch that on there, and it's like... Mm. On the other hand, you can watch the biography, the biopic of the world's most famous, you know, cocaine pimp. <laughs> And it was shot on an iPhone. Right, right. <laughs> so, you know, you, you get what you, you roll the dice with Tubi, and then sometimes you win big, and sometimes you win bigger. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, that's great. Well, Mike, I what a, a comprehensive list from you. You really, really kind of are hitting it from all ends of the spectrum by mm -hmm. age, every, you know, every measurable, um, any measurable that you want. Quantity, mm -hmm. quality, right. comedy horror, some drama, a little bit one of everything. Movie, one movie gets an Oscar, another gets a Tony, the other gets a Razzie. I had all the awards. Right, and that's just the Bridge of Spies. Yeah, <laughs> yes it is. Uh, <laughs> so, speaking of bridges yeah. and crossing them, what's this I hear about Taylor Swift being in a movie? Man, this, I feel like this this uh, this topic of conversation is um, that we're, we're barging into is, um, is a very interesting one. I, uh, I think if you ask if you ask ten people, um, you'll get ten different answers. Um, you know, all ranging from you know blind allegiance from your you know your 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 Swifty fan to rage because you know someone is just mad about Taylor Swift being ubiquitous and kind of taking over every aspect of American life mm -hmm. to 
you know, the, you know, the cinephile that says, oh, this is, this is destroying movies mm-hmm. to, you know, uh, to, you know, a, a, a young family that you know couldn't afford to go see you know taylor swift so you know on her live heiress tour because the tickets were too expensive and you know this was a great opportunity to spend 20 bucks for you know a, a, a daughter and her dad to go see you know her his daughter's favorite artist on mm-hmm. to you know uh christopher nolan singing the praises of you know taylor swift so you know it it's got every you know it kind of hits all ends of the spectrum but the uh the big headline i guess from the um the whole experience was that uh taylor swift's era tours um just destroyed the box office and beat out martin scorsese's you know killers of flower moon uh at the box office they released the same weekend who would have thought mm-hmm. yeah i unf- i had the pleasure of going to letterbox and seeing you know what's the newest reviews and like right. hundreds and hundreds of people saying you know flower killers of the flower moon amazing scorsese can do no wrong you know this movie makes you think this movie makes you understand the ethics and you know blah 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 and then on a citizen kane movie review i saw the review not as good as taylor swift era's tour uh, <laughs> and i you know i i just love <laughs> that's so funny um i yeah I, I i just love that um that this happened that it released the same weekend as martin scorsese's film i feel like you know because he's been it just felt like he was so curmudgeonly on it on the the press tour leading up to his movies release and it just felt like he was just really mad at things like marvel movies for no real reason Mm -hmm. and you know calling it not cinema etc etc only to get his you know his movie just blown out of the water by you know the current queen of pop herself yeah by a 20 something blondie uh shaking pom-poms for two hours <laughs> and to you know to really you know kick it all off you know she ha- you know she has the Christopher Nolan on her side and uh I'd love to to read a little quote from uh from Christopher Nolan um when he was asked about um the Eras tour he said um Taylor Swift is about to show studios because her concert film is not being distributed by the studios it's being distributed by a theater owner AMC it's going to make an enormous amount of money he said and this is a thing this is a format this is a way of seeing things and sharing stories or sharing experiences that's incredibly valuable. Or they don't want it, somebody else will. And that's just the truth of it. Mm. And, um, you know, he would then also go on to say that um, that Taylor Swift and the choices that she made for her heirs tour is going to change the future of cinema. And, Dang. you know, he said that about Taylor Swift, not about Martin Scorsese's, you know, Killers of Flower Moon um but you know it's you know it, it it's it's interesting because he did so the the crux of the issue here is that she didn't go through a you know a a studio like you know try i know tristar or whatever um uh-huh. and it's dead dealt directly with amc and um she circumvent she circumvented you know all these other um movie studios and distributed the film directly by herself and how that affects you know um, stuff in the future is that companies or other individuals um, could strike up deals on their own. Especially, I can really see um, things like A24 films instead of you know uh, you know looking to get distribution rights um, through 
whoever, whatever, just dealing mm-hmm. directly and being more widely accepted um, for, you know, uh, uh, the, the, the products and, and make you, maybe even making, you know, more profit or, you know, creating or being able to tell these different unique stories and not having to go through these distribution systems. And um, yeah, so Mike, how, how, how do you, how do you feel about it? What, what do you, what do you think? What are your thoughts? Well, without seeing the movie, sure. I have to wonder like how amazing was the, like, I know that most of the audio is her and her music. So right. right there, if you love her music, you can't go wrong with that. So the rest I'm wondering, like the camera shots, uh, the shape of the the show, was it just like a straightforward concert or did it have like bits and pieces? Did it end on a finale? Like people were telling me they were crying through this. Like yeah. it took their breath away. And I'm right. like, okay, you know, I've I've watched YouTube and seen <laughs> concerts on YouTube, but yeah. I don't, I don't get it. What did, what did this? What, what did? Who was the visionary behind this, and what did he do? Right. I mean, I, I think it was literally a, um, a concert. Uh, and they just, I, I, I mean, they're constantly filming, right? They're, 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 they're doing mm-hmm. shots for, you know, promotion. They're doing stuff for, you know, music videos. You know, the, the whole nine. And you know, this, you know, recording concerts goes back, you know, for forever, right? Like, right. You know, you got stuff by, you know, there's, there's stuff by the Rolling Stones. You know, famously, there's, um, you know, re-releases of, of, of concerts in, in the theaters of all the time, especially like Live Aid and you know stuff like that. Um, so I think this is more right. of the same. Like, I don't necessarily think that there's, like, a plot or anything, but mm-hmm. just a, a re-release, you know, a, a video, a cinematic of, of this concert. But, yeah, you're absolutely right. It, um, I think it's a, it's a very unique experience, and um, I, I think that's really what is the big draw. I'm also noticing a trend with pink things, things <laughs> that have the persona of pink or the psychology of pink, just hmm. absolutely killing it in theaters. Right. Which right. makes me think the strawberry shortcake movie is going to just be killer. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I, you know, looking at trends, you look at, you know, what, what's popular. It, you know, it does feel like movies and the movie theater kind of, goes through these seasons and ebbs and flows of um of people really gatekeeping the movie theater mm-hmm. for for one thing one thing or another and then you know a a genre explodes and suddenly you know oh the movie theater isn't just for you know it's not just for the you know the cinephiles anymore or it's not just for the boys anymore or it's not just for you know x put whatever you want into the thing right and because at the end of the day what the movie theater really does represent is mm-hmm. equality, right? The 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 ability for for people with different voices to tell different stories from their perspectives and to have an audience to to come and see and to hear and to watch. And I think for so long, I think people kind of the viewed cinema, especially on the high artsy end, as kind of like a boys club. And, you know, when you, you think of, you know, the, the, the boys, mm-hmm. uh, you think of, you know, Scorsese, you think of Francis Ford Coppola, you think of, you know, Christopher Nolan in New Hollywood right but if you look at you know recent trends the the big you know the big thing especially you know with with Five Nights at Freddy being a female director um you know the the Barbie movie obviously with Greta Gerwig having its um you know having its run you know the heiress tour it's really turning the industry on its head and you know it's it's calling into question a lot of these patriarchal 
thoughts and, and norms of of cinema on the the top end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when I, when I think of like the movie industry, I think of the angry director yelling, "Cut! Cut! Cut!" You know, <laughs> right? You know, Brit- thick British accent for some reason. You call that acting? You know, right? You know, I don't think of the Greta Gerwig's and um, you know, whoever else is in the the business. The Patty Jenkins, right? You know, yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, you know, you you don't you don't immediately you know you know you don't immediately think of you know Emma Tammy who did uh you know Five Nights at Freddy's um mm-hmm. but you know these. It it's you know it's a it's a new trend right there's um I'm I'm curious to see and and it's not just the you know I think that people were like oh right like of course of course people went to go see you know Greta Gerwig's the Barbie movie like it was a good movie so mm-hmm. people can like people can like hide behind the art to justify it right mm-hmm. um, like the, uh but you know having seen the reviews for something like five nights at freddy's where it didn't receive a you know a crit it wasn't critically well received but people still want to go see it i think it, it it forces people to have that mindset of like of movies being a, a boys club to be like oh well you know this is a movie directed by a woman and it made money and it wasn't critically well received <laughs> Right. So like it's, you know, it, it, you know, to be, you know, you don't have to be a you don't have to produce a, a successful, critically well received end product to be successful um, as a woman. Right. Like it's not, you know, you don't have to perform at the same level as quote unquote, you know, the rest of the boys. You can be just you can just be a director and make a movie that's liked by the masses and it be successful. It doesn't have to be art or some existential, you know, an existential movie about you know womanhood in you know the 21st century it can just be a straight up horror movie with no plot and people will still go right. see it because it's a fresh perspective and not because you know it's just the novelty of a woman doing art right and that to me like as funny as that sounds but that sounds like to me like the idea of making it once right. once you don't exactly. have to like like you don't have to milk a, a niche or right. you don't have to play into like a like not everything has to be artsy and like overwhelmingly meaningful once once you can just kind of come up with fun stuff that's like just popcorn throwaway movies and you know people will you know they'll like it they'll love it they'll hate it um once you can do that and like i i think that you've made it <laughs> right no a hundred percent i'm i'm a hundred percent with you and right you know i'm i'm waiting for the day that there's a female director that does everything that you know michael bay does just as a woman <laughs> and you know it's just you know instead of you know beautiful megan fox it's some other you know hollywood hunk that's leading over you know a camaro trying to fix it you know <laughs> like i well, i'm waiting for that day i mean harley quinn her standalone movie that that um director she can do gi joe absolutely right right exactly <laughs> yeah yeah no and you know i i totally i totally agree but you know it's uh, you know, it, it's an exciting, it's an exciting time in, in, in theaters and, and to be a movie fan. And, you know, I think a lot of, um, the, the biggest exciting thing is that I think a lot of things that people traditionally held as successful are being shown by the audience, by audiences, um, to not be as successful as, um, as before. And it's forcing studios to really rethink 
a lot of what they're what they're doing and what they're putting out. Um, and I think people are, are are really tired of being told what's good and what's not good. And they they can see it with themselves, and they're more wise with their money. And you're not they're not just gonna accept the status quo. And I you know I think you're seeing that with um, the shakeups that Disney is doing um, with their their Marvel TV series. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, so they're you know they're the series are starting to to, to take stock and to listen. And you know especially with the 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 huge win in the writer strike for the for those mm-hmm. um for those people and you know um hopefully a, a a swift conclusion for the 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 actors um that it's you know it's a new renaissance a new time of creative freedom and um yeah that, that we get some really awesome stuff so I, i'm excited to see um what we're gonna get mm. I'm glad. Like, I feel like the new conversation when talking about like hyping movies and mm. talking them up is you have to almost do like alchemy. Like oh, right. the writers we get, like this guy made this horror movie, but we're going to combine him with this guy who made this, you know, this action movie. And then you throw in this director that did this sci-fi movie and you put them all in a pot. And, you know, that hype alone tells people, okay, this is a movie I'm going to watch. This is a movie I'm not going to watch. Yeah, for sure. And I, and I, I think the real, the real winners in that are the, the, the studios and the showrunners that are able to see that and give those people um the opportunity mm-hmm. uh, like take you know take uh the five nights at freddy movie um if we want to transition into that i mean you know i you know when we did our episode on the mario movie um however long ago that was it felt like um we would never that we would that nothing that no other video game movie would come close and if it did it would be so far into the future that we you know, mm-hmm. you know it would it would take time before something even dared challenge the throne right yeah and you know less you know less than a year later you know we got five nights at freddy's and um you know it as an ip of course it's not as big as mario you know, right the, the, um you know the budget for the movie was 20 million dollars mm-hmm. um which is chump change compared to you know the mario movie which was right. you know had you know this all-star crazy cast um you know it you know with a, a hundred million dollar budget mm-hmm. you know five nights at freddy you know it still had a had a a solid you know lead in joss hutchinson um matthew and, willard yeah um but you know it you know it its box office success was you know nobody nobody saw it coming right it was it it was the it broke the the record for um is peacock's biggest five-day debut ever and right. you know domestically it grossed 80 million dollars um which was you know four times its budget which is crazy right and you know in total it grossed um, you know, so far, or I think on opening weekend, it grows. Let me see if I can find those figures. But I, I think somewhere in the ballpark of, of like 140-something million dollars. Um, let's see. Oh, there. Nope. Let's see. Yep, $149.4 million total so far. And it's, you know, it, it broke the Eras Tour uh, for box office winner. And I, I think on, for, in terms of domestically, it fell short of Mario's uh, debut by only, like, some, uh, you know, like $30 million, $40 million. And, you know, it, it was a, a dual release of, um, you know, uh, being a, uh, or it was $60 million off, and it was a, a dual release, right? So, uh, 
a cinema set, a cinema release, and on, uh, you know, on streaming services. So, you know, if it was just a, an exclusive cinema release, it probably would have made, you know, another $20, 30000000 million at least. So, right. you know, it, it came within striking distance of the Mario movie, which we all thought was like this unattainable, you know, goal of like, oh, yeah, no other video game movie is going to even come close. And here comes a, a $20 million movie, you know, with a no disrespect to Josh Hutchinson, wow. but you know, the B-list cast, and, you know, it, you know, it, 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 it made Mario, you know, look over its shoulder. Right. Now, I come at this from a different angle, and I think we can actually thank, we can thank Netflix mm. for, and HBO Max, because of The Witcher, because of The Last of Us, people are mm-hmm. looking at these video game movies with a fresh hunger and a fresh hope, mm. and 2023 is the year of loving video game movies yeah and actually putting your faith back into them which we couldn't do for the past 30 (laughs) years um Mm. thank you original mario but (laughs) because of the witcher being so well done and the last of us being so well done with triple a cast people are actually going in to grand um turismo with like high expectations right and people are hungry to see five nights at freddy which i had no idea had such a cult following yeah for Uh, sure but apparently like people flooded the gates they didn't care about the reviews they got all their money back with the promotional material alone i heard right and so um this makes me excited about you know the gears of war movie that's coming out (laughs) <laughs> right um uh you know what movie i mean we'll talk about video game movies so i'm gonna skip it but right, right. Um, any movie before 2023 that was like a video game related kind of got like the shaft it didn't get that hype train that we have now right people just already labeled it as lame <laughs> yeah i mean and- sonic Sonic did a little of the work to get us to get a little yeah. faith back, and then it took that faith away in the sequel. Right. And I definitely think um, in the last two years, I was going to say five, but really I think it's in the last two years that people have finally got it. And and by got it, I mean they finally figured out how to adapt video games well. I think before, you know, two years ago that people, you know, before The Witcher, that people were just trying to go as faithful as possible to a movie, uh, or as, faithful, as faithful as possible to a um, to the video game as possible. And instead, really, uh-huh. they should have been looking to things like, you know, Lord of the Rings and how they adapted, you know, and instead of, like, just trying to do a shot-for-shot remake, instead just take inspiration from the source material and create a movie around that and uh-huh. making sure that the people that are creating these things are have a love for the source material and i think we're seeing the end result of that now like we're seeing things like arcane which is based on lord or um, lord, arcane which is based on league of legends or you know the castlevania um mm-hmm. you know anime um or Those resident evil mini movies that keep showing up on netflix Right. And, you know, you're getting the, the cyberpunk anime and, um, you know, the all these movies that keep coming out and, and, you know, these award winning TV shows. People are finally figuring out how to adapt well. And, um, yeah, I think we're seeing the, the end result of that. And I think before people were just too focused on trying to create a video game experience 
the video game experience on the movie when really they should be you know just viewing these video games for what they are and which is a story that you get to play Mm -hmm. through and i think people are finally starting to understand that right and truth be told okay so uh, i was watching the blackberry movie Mm. uh the dramatized version of how the blackberry was the father of smartphones and how it got destroyed by the iphone right and there was um, a preview from Ubisoft Studios. I'm like, uh, question mark? And it was based on an Ubisoft game I've n- like only seen in print, and that's Werewolves Within. Yeah. And that has really high scores. I'm sure it, it yeah. doesn't have like the throw all your money at it, like Mario and Five Nights at Freddy's, but like people are saying it's hilarious and it's a good horror movie and it's goofy and i had no idea like so i think i think you're onto something adam that like when the writers actually use good writing and the directors use good directing video game movies are good question mark (laughs) right right totally and you know i at the risk of getting into our our next segment a little too early but I think when you look at, you know, those old, especially like, um, oh, shoot, what was the uh, that movie that The Rock was in? Uh, Doom? Rampage. Was it Doom? Oh, Ramp- oh, I was thinking of Doom. Do you remember Doom? Oh, Doom. Yes. Um, where they just, there's like that one sequence where they go to like first person <laughs> and it's yeah. just like, it's shooting. They like, they tried to create this video game experience and it just did not translate well and it just showed that these people had no fundamental understanding of the source material at all and yeah so i i think that you know video games are you know the most recent addition to the media brotherhood of you know tv movies you know books whatever so you know it's the it's the younger brother so i think people are you know there's a a generation now that has reached an age where they're creating movies but they also have an experience playing video games so they know how it translates yeah like how are you supposed to get francis ford coppola to direct detective pikachu he just couldn't yeah i mean that's the other crazy assumption that was made by the movie to game industry or the game to movie industry is that okay this guy's a gamer i need to throw away everything i know about movies and make the movie look like a game because he doesn't know how to enjoy anything right. unless it looks like a game. And that's not right. true. Right. Gamers like movies that look like movies. <laughs> right. Because, you know, every, you know, every good game has a good story. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's that's what you need to capture, right? Like I'm excited for, you know, into the into the future. Like I'm ready for the a Metal Gear Solid, you know, movie. I'm ready for, you know, anyone to try to tackle Hato Kojima's mind, right? Like he he mm-hmm. himself is like, yeah, like he's the biggest fan of movies and he writes his video game plots with that in mind. And, you know, with especially with stuff coming out on the horizon, stuff like, you know, Dante in um for you know the devil may cry series um you know i'm so excited for the the animated tv show um that's coming out for that because you know if if you know anything about you know devil may cry you know that there's going to be shooting and slashing and quips galore and dante is mm-hmm. so wonderful and yeah i think we're you know we're, we're seeing a, a the dawn of a golden age mm, yeah if you go on wikipedia you'll see movies that are in development and it is crazy <laughs> 
Um, I think Exploding Kittens is getting a movie. I know that's not a video game, but I remember that (laughs) scene in development. And I'm like, (laughs) that's just a game about taking cards off of a deck and not exploding. (laughs) Clue walks so Exploding Kittens can run. Yeah. So, Um, yeah, we are in crazy times. Right. And I, I just really hope that... And I think the biggest challenge will be that studios are like, oh, this is the hot thing now. You know, we're just going to grab any IP and just throw it and see what sticks. And yeah, so I just hope that, you know, someone doesn't take, you know, like I would love to see, I think Jack and Dexter would be an incredible TV series or a movie. Like I think that there's, um, Mm -hmm. I have such a love for that character and that era of PlayStation. Um, But I could also just see it being just... You know, just terrible. <laughs> yeah, it could just be a, right. a futuristic version of Onward. Right, exactly. Mm, right. Well, this is a great tie-in to right. our Mount Rushmore of video game movies before yes. 2023. No, yes. no low-hanging fruit. <laughs> yeah, and I, I even felt like anything within... I tried to avoid anything that came out in the last five years because I really do feel like that was the turning point, I think, for a lot of people. Right. Right. And, you know, I I struggled with this, Adam, Mm. because a part of me was thinking picking your five favorite video game movies is like picking your five favorite cities in Iowa. (laughs) Like, like, I'm sure there's some good ones and I could. But, you know, I don't know if I could pick five. Some of them I don't some of the cities I don't even remember that well. Well, right, right. Well, it's a good thing that Mount Rushmore only has four heads on it. Right. Is that true? It's four? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, man. I, I, uh, my citizen's test is tomorrow. <laughs> uh, I better get this straight. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's definitely, <laughs> there's definitely four, right? It's Washington, mm-hmm. Jefferson, Lincoln, and, um, one of the Roosevelt. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, 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 yeah. So I, I guess, well, Mike is <laughs> figuring out his new list. Um, <laughs> Well, I mean, um, I added a Taft. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe we'll do four and an honorable mention. How about that? Right, right. Um, but, yeah, no, it, it definitely felt... It, it. I totally agree with you, Mike. It's kind of like, oh, uh, what's your favorite form of torture, right? <laughs> like, Right. And it was so hard because, you know, I, I at the risk of speaking for you, Mike, um, mm-hmm. but we're, we're both guys that love movies and we love video games and you know for Mm -hmm. a while you know you you get shot or you know at least made fun of for being like you liked that video game movie and you're like "Uh, yeah kind (laughs) of yeah and And, you know it was a almost a shameful thing to like right and there are some there are some video games that i loved as a kid Mm. and their movies because they were made by famous video game director yui bowl in the middle 2000s he just got the rights to all these triple a video games and he flushed them down the toilet so hard and right i mean this guy is known for just trash and like to watch this to say that i can't see alone in the dark the movie um because it's just utter horrible trash let alone the 2008 alone in the dark 2 movie (laughs) which i didn't think something could be even more even straighter to dvd Like there's a Far Cry movie that looks like it was it was filmed in your backyard. It and, was, Mike. How'd you know? <laughs> pretty much. Um yeah, Blood Rain. 
has two sequels. Yeah, it's that's what's really mind blowing to me, Mike, is that a lot of these stink fast got sequels somehow. Mm, yeah, I mean, if we saw a biopic of their life, there would be a scene of them begging some company, you know, come on, I can, I can do it, and you know, just give me fifty thousand, I can make it happen. <laughs> It's like, what dirt did these people have? Mm -hmm. I do have to say that Yui Bull got um, In the Name of the King 1, In the Name of the King 2, which is based on the Dungeon Siege, which had Jason Statham. He got Jason Statham, and then Jason Statham did not stay for 2 and 3. But, you know, you can't talk about movies being turned into or video games being turned into movies unless you talk about Yui Bull and how he destroyed House of the Dead, mm. Blood Rain, Dungeon Siege, Alone in the Dark and kind of like like it was almost a joke to watch those movies. Like you hate watch them. <laughs> right, right. And yeah, it, it's such a shame. Um but you know, I, I think it's also important to talk about and I I am glad that, you know, it was those games that got kind of slaughtered before, you know, right. um, before we get into the modern day, just, you know, those are the sacrificial lambs, but you know, those are, you know, important Wright brothers tr- trying airplane tries, right? Like, right. you know, they, they didn't all take off, but you know, some had to crash before we could fly. Mm-hmm. And, um, that was really a perspective that I took into my list and, um, yes. but yeah, so I, I'm ready to, I'm ready to get into it. Um, Mike, did you want right. to, did you want to do any, anything auxiliary before we, we get there or do we want to just get right oh. into our list? Well, you know, that that's my history of video game movies and how, you know, Yui Bull kind of ruined them. He really did. And, and can we just talk just briefly about yeah. how, um, uh, Assassin's Creed was yeah. supposed to be the resurgence of video game movies because it had had those hot actors and Michael Fassbender. The, yeah, it had some of the best CGI and like it's not even a memorable mention. Right, right. Yeah. And so, yeah, uh, which is such a shame because it feels like of of all the you know video games that one seemed the most ready to just be a movie. Right. <laughs> like, like that should have been such a slam dunk. Like how do you mess? How do you mess? that up and they just they did right it was it was like the person making it again try to make a video game experience yeah as a movie and it just it didn't work i mean i always thought assassin's creed was too ambitious like Mm. you want to do assassins from you know uh, ad jerusalem that's amazing i'll play that all day but you want to do a matrix type thing that's great choose a lane you know <laughs> you don't have to do both i don't have to do matrix uh you know jewish assassins together <laughs> sure sure mm-hmm. totally <laughs> i'm totally there but that you know that that's part of what made it so bonkers and fun as a video game right like you right. knew it was wild and crazy and somehow they made the movie just made it seem tame <laughs> right okay well should we get into it we, Let's get into I, it. I, I I'm go? getting up my soapbox. Mm-hmm. So, uh, should we lay down maybe some some of the ground rules for our our Mount Rushmores here, or what we used to decide? Yeah, I a lot of this is how it impacted me as a kid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the director's attempt to research, not even if they were successful, mm. just um, if I overall enjoyed it and didn't even care about the game, just enjoyed the plot by itself, or I just thought it looked cool. Right, right. 
So yeah, so the our choices they they had to be bef- they had to be made before twenty twenty three, and they could we we did agree that they could be animated if yeah or you know a cartoon. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, other than that, anything and everything is is fair game. And um, are you are we ready to get into it? Yeah, I'm ready. Okay, so, well, yeah, yeah, let's do it. All right. Well, uh, uh, well, uh, I don't know how we're going, but I'm just gonna say um, mm-hmm. the first movie I saw um, was back when Blockbuster Ooh. was still a thing, and they were selling movies three for ten dollars. <laughs> and I don't remember the other two movies are. But one of them was Max Payne. Oh, and I liked Max Payne. Uh, you know, maybe maybe his potty mouth was a little bit too much for me. You know, didn't <laughs> didn't want to take uh, play a game about killing thugs in cold blood and taking, taking drugs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I gave, but I, you know, I gave Max Payne a try because I don't, I don't even think this movie was rated R. I think it was PG thirteen, which that, I don't that's know how crazy they, to me. I, I don't know how they swung that because Max Payne, everything about him is rated R. But right, yeah. So, or at least it didn't feel rated R. Like I can't think of anything that just like pushed the envelope. So, um, this movie had Mark Wahlberg, which is like huge ups if you can get Mark Wahlberg into your to your movie, and Mila Kunis. She's also very nice to look at. Um, and one thing I really liked about this movie, um, I like the imagery of the Valkyries. Like whenever he went into like artistic mode, Max Payne, uh, he would visualize these Valkyries uh, <laughs> swarming yeah. over the battlefield. And right. I really like that. I liked I liked the choices they didn't make in Max Payne, and it it shows you that like the director is like thinking, okay, that looks cool in a game, but that would be stupid in a movie. And he mm. chose the bullet time effect. Max Payne invented the bullet time effect to be later used by the Matrix. So you think the Max Payne would be all over that and have bullet time whenever, but he didn't. He didn't use it. In fact, if anything, in the gun in the gun battles, he actually like sped up the camera. Right. So you know that was like low-hanging fruit everyone expected it to do like you know bullets flying um but no i like that it was about um him trying to get redemption and the only way to get redemption is to take the drug the drug that makes you see the valkyries and makes you into this this warrior that kills people and he takes it at the end and he goes like hog wild with all these different weapons on all these different thugs right right um yeah, yeah so i mean is that is that number one for you or number four. I, I would or say, yeah, I would say that's. I, I don't want to put numbers next to these things. Sure, sure, sure. Because I just, I just think these guys go next to each other. Um, I liked Mark, Mark Wahlberg's acting. I liked that they tried to get away from the cliche. You know, a cop loses it all. Now it's payback time. You know. So right. It was so much. It was more than that. Mm. And yeah, you're not gonna watch this over hard boiled, but <laughs> it's still. It, it's it was still nice on the eyes. Fair enough. Okay, well, Adam, your turn. Mike, I I see your I see your Max Payne and your 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 guns and your 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 shooting and rooting and tooting and I raise you. <laughs> I raise you the Pokemon movie. Ooh, which one? Uh the very first one, right? The one that came out in um nineteen ninety eight. Eight. Um, oh my gosh! You know the the one with Mewtwo, and you know this was this was so huge for me 
as a kid because like it was you know the you know it was one of my first you know really solid movie going experience memories that i have i remember you know going to the theater and getting the special card and i remember you know watching you know i was like oh wow like this you know these these pokemon tv show and this video game that i play you know it's getting shown on this huge screen in front of me and wait ash is turning to stone and i'm crying and pikachu saves him with the power of friendship and you know there's a big pokemon battle and yeah it was it was such a a fundamental experience for me as a child um and yeah it, it just i think it really set the stage for me for one having a lifelong love for the pokemon um ip but also just uh it was like the first time of me really experiencing the movie theater as a spectacle right like it was like we weren't just going to see you know like a long tv show like this was a special event and mm-hmm. you know this is something unique and special and cool and you know it was it was more than just sitting down for an hour and a half like this was this was mm-hmm. something that was you know life changing for me and i i i really think that um, in addition to, you know, some other animated anime movies, um, you know, that this was really fundamental in making um, anime popular in the United States. And um, I think this is one of the, the reasons why. And, you know, it, I think it really kind of it to me, at least it, it, it's a it's definitely a, a tent post mm-hmm. in um, the video games ad- adapted to the movies as a um yeah, as a genre. And, you know, this this isn't also the, the first time that this happened. I, I think it was, you know, th- in Japan, right? Like these these kind of movies were getting pushed out like all the time. But this is definitely, um, I, I think, a, a first time in um, America that we were kind of shown this. And, uh, you know, it just made so much money. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember my youth leader took me out to a movie and I convinced yeah. him to see the Pokemon movie over... The world is not enough. Um, <laughs> Fair enough. Which I have to say, I did more as a joke, and he said yes. And then I got I, the joke was on me. Saw the Pokemon movie. Um, so you know, it was two men in their twenties and thirties watching Pikachu uh, be all cutesy. <laughs> Yeah, no, for for sure. I mean, it was. I mean, it's yeah. It's it's really fundamental for me. And you know, I I don't know if you have Detective Pikachu on um on your Mount Rushmore. And to me, I, I mm-hmm. think I would have um I would have put like I would have put Mount I would have put Detective Pikachu on my R- Mount Rushmore. But I think it's like it was too close to like it was too modern for me to want to to put it on this mm-hmm. list. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely it's cool. To to see the stage that was set with Pokemon the movie um, and then seeing Detective Pikachu and you know Detective Pikachu was definitely I think the first time people set up and was like oh wait this there might be something to this and uh, to this video game as a movie thing and um, yeah so it, it's cool to, to, to see you know the Pokemon the movie walk so Detective Pikachu could run mm-hmm. mm. alright next on my list it has to be Silent Hill 
Mm. You know, once again, I wasn't crazy about the game <laughs> itself. And, you know, I'm squeamish around like demons, um, you know, especially with, you know, the horror, supernatural horror stuff. So, but I was really impressed at the atmosphere that Silent Hill went for. Like, that's probably the most memorable video game movie because I know all the times I shrieked um, <laughs> when this monster came or that monster came. Um, I, I think it's one of the, like, say, say what you want about the plot but the the atmosphere and the characters and the the buildup was there and you know i i had my eyes closed for most of the scary scenes so you'll have to tell me if they were good um basically a friend was saying oh don't look don't look uh you know pyramid head rips off this guy's skin okay don't look again you know uh it was it was just a good like torture your brains out with scary scariness and gore movie yeah um yeah it i would love to i would love for someone to give this ip a revisit um in the modern I I really think that um, I think as a movie it would be successful, but I I think you know if if some showrunners like from Netflix were to get a hand on this, I really think this would be an incredible TV series. And mm. just because there's so much lore involving you know the town and uh-huh. uh, yeah, just the the atmospheric horror from this you know this game series and um I, I would say that the the movie that i've seen does a good job of capturing the the atmosphere but maybe not quite um <laughs> the true horror um it, you know it looks it, you know it looks nice but it doesn't I, you know i don't think it it capitalizes on it um with some you know a genuine story but um yeah i would i would love to see this uh this ip get a a tv show i think this would be absolutely fantastic mm-hmm. and I, I i totally agree with you and it's it's just it's such a such a shame that it came out and was handled with the the gloves that it was when it did and yeah uh-huh. you know this you know it's it's all there i i think it's it's you know it, it just needs the the right love and care to be successful right yeah and it's sequel silent hill revelation uh is also like it bombed itself so right at this point i think if netflix did like they gave it the resident evil treatment where they got like a 3d movie uh like a cgi movie that might be more appropriate yeah right um <laughs> totally <laughs> totally agree and yeah I, I i definitely think that this was a um a vision before its time mm-hmm. okay shall i go into my uh my next one yep your number two my next one um again uh, i i debate about putting this on my list um just because i feel like this was too close to 2023 but i i couldn't in good faith not put it on my list and this is the warcraft movie um, oh i've heard good things about that one yeah so like it was directed um, by uh, Duncan Jones, um, who, uh, you know, he's done, um, you know, some other, you know, besides, uh, besides, of course, uh, the Warcraft movie. But he did um, Moon and um, Source Code, um, you know, which has some um, some love in the, uh, you know, kind of the, the sci-fi realm. So he, I think that he's someone who um understands the genre well um and i think that he he did a good job of um uh not necessarily creating uh a a video game trying to create a video game experience in movie form if that makes Mm -hmm. sense uh like he definitely went for he was inspired by 
the the game and the world building and try to create his own story based off of other story beats in the game and i i think it translated well right it had a it had a budget of 160 million and made 439 million um in the u.s for in u.s dollars um you know this game came out in 2016 um and i was kind of bummed that they never uh you know because it kind of ended on a cliffhanger and it didn't uh you know it didn't it never got a sequel and uh, up until the the super mario brothers movie came out in 2023 uh it was the you know the highest grossing uh video game movie right it's funny how these movies fall through the cracks right right yeah and it's funny how i keep missing the ones that are actually critically uh praised (laughs) right well to a certain extent yeah for sure i mean Mm -hmm. I, i definitely think that this that the movie had its detractors and deservedly so I, I definitely think it's you know you know it, it's no you know 2001 a space odyssey but you know it, it definitely um you could definitely see to me at least that this was um definitely a a blueprint for um movies that came out in 2023 um for how to make a successful video game movie mm, all right my number three is the classic mm. i i didn't know where to you know i was at I was up in arms between the Tomb Raider, mm-hmm. the, the most recent one. Yeah, very good. With, uh, you know, the young, fresh face, uh, Alicia Vikander, probably murdered her name. But, um, you know, she's the she's the star that had promise versus Angelina Jolie. And I have to say, um, the iconicness goes to Angelina Jolie, mm-hmm. whose look and body just was exactly the closest we can get to Lara Croft. And I don't know who was born first, Lara Croft or Angelina Jolie, um, but, uh, you know, I, I think that was an amazing cast pick, and you can't, like... You can't see it any other way. Right. Though, you know, when they, when they remade Tomb Raider, you know, it... She looked more like a young 20-something. So, Angelina Jolie, I'm sorry you're out. Uh, (laughs) But originally, back in the 90s heyday, early 2000s, like, she was perfect for it. Um, I don't remember, like, I don't dare compare this movie to other, you know, Tomb Raiding-esque movies uh, like Indiana Jones. But I remember, I remember Angelina Jolie just giving it her all, you know, (laughs) saying, this is what summer movies are about. Yeah. You know, I'm beautiful. You know it. I'm going to raid a tomb. Story is going to be in the back of your mind. I'm going to do two cool things with Desert Eagles and call it a day. Um, so this was pure popcorn flick. Mm. And, you and know, leave your brain at home and just oogle. But, like, yeah. I think, you know, I think that it captured, like, the PS1 vision for Doom Raider. Unfortunately, like, I, I think women should be angry at what Lara Croft has represented. <laughs> But as as far as capturing their vision for the you know early two thousands, I think they nailed it. Yeah, for for sure. And you know, I yeah, I I, I totally 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 agree. Um, but um, yeah, I, I those I th- I feel like those that role for Angelina Jolie and um the the character of Laura Croft is are just so iconic and so cornerstone to um to video games. Like you know, she's she's video games leading lady, right? She's yeah, you know the 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 de facto you know uh female protagonist um when you think of of, of movie or of, of video game characters yeah i think every um for the longest time the, the angelina jolie iterations of those um of that character was the best right like it was mm-hmm. you know it was the the best that video game movies could get to and 
again, I think it was because they, um, you know, those movies had um, plots that I, that I think were were easy for people to, non-video game people to understand and be like, oh yeah, like Indiana Jones, but, you know, with a hot lady with guns. like Right, right. Um, and yeah, so I, I'm, I'm glad for, you know, that initial run with Angelina Jolie, but then also I'm glad that they, um, when they rebooted it, that they kind of, you know, moved away from Laura Croft being explicitly a sex symbol. Mm-hmm. Not that, you know, the, the new Laura Croft actress, beautiful, but that wasn't the point. The point wasn't, you know, how many skin tight, you know, latex right. outfits can we get into right and i would say yeah alicia made the better movie like if you if it was date night and i had to watch (laughs) angelina jolie uh tomb raiders 2 cradle of life right versus the tomb raider remake i would i would totally choose the remake one um totally agree but i have to give it to angelina jolie right for sure totally totally Mm -hmm. totally agree and you know what i'm waiting for greta gerwig to uh remake tomb raider Greta, let's let's make let's make it happen. Let's talk. I I think she could do wonders with Miss Pac-Man. Miss Pac-Man's always <laughs> fighting for best female video game character with Tomb mm, Raider. Totally agree. Let's make it happen. Yeah. Um. Okay. I I'm super super excited about my next pick. Um. And I I really feel like this is another one that kind of falls through the cracks and. Um, but, uh, this is, this is one of my, you know, unironically, this is one of my favorite movies, um, growing up and, uh, yeah, it's the, the 2010 Prince of Persia movie, um, that came out. Uh, this movie has an incredible cast. If you haven't seen it, this is Jake Gyllenhaal, um, Gemma Artin, Ben Kingsley, even Dr. Octopus himself, Alfred Molina is in this, um, and, Really, I I picked this movie because one, I really did love um, it as a um, as a movie as a, as a kid. Um, I I think it was um, I love the the visual spectacle of it. Um, and um, but also at the same time, I picked this because um, because of who made it and who distributed it. Um, you know, this movie was made by Disney, um, which is That's crazy, right? Right? Isn't that nuts? Um, yeah. But um, I I do feel like this was one of the first video game movies to really um to get support from a a, a serious studio um mm-hmm. you know you know disney disney doesn't take just you know it doesn't just take flyers on random ips right they they're always looking for the surefire hit and you know maybe critically um you know it didn't it wasn't received well and um i'm not even sure that this movie um mm-hmm. broke even but again you know this movie made 336 million dollars um and it was up until warcraft the highest grossing video game movie to come out and um yeah it is it, it's just um i think that this movie was just super important to um to video game movies as, as a stepping stone to where we're at today um i think it was really at least to my memory the first time a a big you know corporation you know took a video game ip seriously and um it took uh-huh. a chance on it and i you know you can see the 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 end result into now right like these you know corporations are more willing to take chances on him and you know who where would we be if disney didn't take a a flyer on it yeah so i have this theory mm. that there was an executive meeting and they're like some some guys like well you know what if like aladdin had a live action and then someone like tore it down and they're like 
Disney would never take their cartoons and make them live action. Okay, well, what about Prince of Persia? Oh, it's pretty much Aladdin with time travel. Genius. <laughs> yeah, we need to buy great. this. Yeah. Right, right. Um, yeah, it, it, it's so it's so wild to me um, that, you know, that this happened in, you know, 2010, right? Like, this is, you know, if, if I had told you, you know, now that, like, oh, you know, Bob Iger, you know, announced that they're doing a, a Prince of Persia TV series, you know, and it's coming out next yeah. year, you'd be like, oh, yeah, of course they are. That makes sense. Right. <laughs> but, you know, just to say this in 2010, you'd be like, wait, what? <laughs> you know, because mm-hmm. you know, only, you know, these these kind of, you know, studios before, you know, they were, you know, they weren't huge studios that were taking chances on these things. And this really did feel like the first time that it was that the video game as an IP was taken seriously. Right. And, you know, it sounds like one of those back in my days. If you wanted to see a video game on the screen... <laughs> You had to wake up early on Saturday mornings and you saw Captain Nintendo hanging out right. with, uh, you know, Mega Man <laughs> right. and Kid Icarus and they would fight, uh, you know, an eggplant. And that was our right. movie. Right. And we were happy. <laughs> yeah. And the acting was good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. And, you know, it does, you know, does this movie, um, you know, hold up to today? I mean... I don't know. I haven't seen it in a while. Maybe I'll give it a a, a look. See again. I haven't seen it in some years, but yeah, you know, at least looking back with you know my rose colored glasses. Um, yeah, it, it definitely sparked my fancy as a kid, and um, yeah, it, it definitely definitely felt. I say kid. I was probably like fourteen. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. and um, maybe a little older, but uh, yeah, it, it definitely did feel like like wow, this is this is real. Like this, it it did feel like a you know a, a realization of of my love of video games and in a, in an art form of movies that I love. Right. I remember the acting and the CGI being good, but mm. the ending story about wanting to go back in time. So you don't save someone's dad from a lion. I yeah. Was like, I, I think that's a little dumb. Yeah. Right. Like I couldn't tell you gun to head what the plot was necessarily about. I do mm-hmm. remember, you know, liking Jake Gyllenhaal and Jim Martin. I did right. like the visuals, and I love Alfred Molina riding on uh, ostriches. Right, and that's the two and a half of hours of the movie I don't remember. <laughs> that's All great. right, what's your last my one? Number one movie, and I think my mom wanted me to watch this movie, even though she hated it. She hated it as a game. But she wanted me because I was taking karate lessons and I was always so hesitant to go to karate lessons. Yeah. Um, So she's like, you know, we got to get this movie for Mike and it's got to inspire him to go back to his karate lessons because I'm paying like $80 (laughs) a month. So um, Mortal Kombat, the movie. Oh, nice. So Mortal Kombat to me Mm. felt like someone who loved Mortal Kombat making a movie. And mm. that's on the boot heels of Double Dragon being a total crap fest and Super Mario Brothers 1993 being a total crap fest. And then just like, but then Mortal Kombat came out and everything just felt right. Raiden looked like Raiden. Liu Kang looked like Liu Kang. Johnny Cage looked like Johnny Cage. Goro, uh, you know, whatever special effects, uh, that looked perfect. Um, you know, everything just kind of snapped into place. Everyone had their moves. Mm-hmm. You know, you had the electricity. You had to come over here. <laughs> uh, you know, of course, Sub-Zero had to knock someone's head off. Right. Uh, you know, the, the beats that made up the movie probably wouldn't stand the test of time. But mm-hmm. there was something about the vision that just kind of clicked. Mm-hmm. And it 
it just felt like someone actually played the game <laughs> that made the movie. And I could not say that about Super Mario Brothers 1993 or Double Dragon. <laughs> totally, totally agree. Um, but Mike, uh, um, a, a question. Um, this is maybe the, the first one on our list, maybe mm-hmm. Tomb Raider 2, but for to, to have a movie done twice and having the, the second movie be coming out recently, um, how do you think the original Mortal Kombat movie compares to the one that came out recently in 2021? So I've only read the script oh, okay. of the new Mortal Kombat movie, and so I don't know what it looks like, but I know how the story goes. Sure. And I feel like it is... I mean, you can say I'm wrong, because sure. this is just based on the script, but you know, like adding... Adding a main character that's not part of the roster, yeah. number one, and giving him a lame move like uh, being able to produce body armor, right? Um, trying to turn like Scorpion into like a happy good guy, like that can help you out. Um, and I don't know, there's something, there's something about that script that's like I don't like the direction. Like I know that this is based off of what they wanted to go with it, like because Warner Brothers kind of got a hold of the Mortal Kombat and tried to turn it into something way bigger than it deserves to be. And so I just, I feel like the the new one is like very overambitious, trying to add characters, not using characters the way they're supposed to be used. Um, I mean, I guess it has some, you know, fun characters put into it. And, but you know, the whole thing with the tattoo and, you know, once you have the tattoo, you're part of the Mortal Kombat clan. Mm. And and that, that means you get like one superpower. You don't need to have that backstory. These are just a bunch of like total BA ninjas. Right, right, right. You know, just trying to fight. So a wizard doesn't take over the world. Yeah. And I think that that is, I think that's a good, um, a good summary. I think of how most people felt about it. Like they could, take or leave the the plot um mm-hmm. but i think really where the the more recent mortal Kombat movie shines is obviously in the visual department um right and um i think it was it's because it uh it really did feel like a at least on a visual standpoint especially in, in the combat that it really did feel like a marriage of the video game brought manifest um in in a way that mm-hmm. wasn't too video gamey like it wasn't like oh you know how like in a lot of like you know blood sport or um you know those movies where it's like oh it's a it's a combat tournament so they're they're fighting each other kind of like in the video game um, mm-hmm. but instead it was like oh no these are action sequences and they're done um you know with 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 a purpose and they're done visually awesome and really cool and the cinematography is neat so i think it it definitely pulls it up where it falls maybe lacklusterly in uh the 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 story department um mm-hmm. but yeah, no, totally, totally agree with that assessment. I think that's a that's a good assessment. Yeah, I mean, just looking at the pictures, you, you can't really see the cinematography in a script. <laughs> yeah. I, I just that's know, fair. like, I'm old school Mortal Kombat. So you always know Liu Kang and Kung Lao are going to be the heroes that come out of it. Raiden's going to be like the Gandalf. Uh, Scorpion's going to be like the scary monster with Reptile, with Sub-Zero. For some reason, you have to beat them. And then you just go toe-to-toe with Shang Tsung at the end. Right, and exactly. Someone better get impaled. Someone better get beheaded. Um, or I want my money back. 100%. Uh, yeah. 100 Okay, Mike, my my final one uh and to, to, to round off our Mount Rushmore's uh 
and much much like yours, mine is also a a combat movie. It's a Street Fighter movie. Um, <laughs> I mean, I I think this comes to no surprise to um, people that are fans of our podcast. I think I've talked about this movie. I talk about this movie a lot. Um, but just the the cast in this movie is so wonderfully weird. Um, you know, Jean Claude Van Damme is guile, but like this weird. Like they didn't even try to make him American. Like he's just running around with this weird like french belgium accent and uh while pretending to be american but then like all these soldiers are are, like supposed to be like u.s soldiers or whatever in it but they're like wearing like tank tops and like camo blue camo cargo pants you're like this isn't the u.s army what is this and then you know you know meanwhile you know critically acclaimed actor Raul Julia is giving it his all as M. Bison, you know, delivering yes. absolutely incredible line after line. Um, and, you know, there's, this is one of those, like, cult movies that, like, there's, you can't really point to anything that's good. You just watch it and you know you like it. And it, it it's just, this movie is so wonderfully camp for me. And um, I, I, it really, to me, this movie defines the, you know, the, you know, the, the nineties movie aesthetic to me. And I I look on this movie really with, you know, a lot of nostalgia and um, yeah, it's, you know, by no, you know, stretch of the imagination you know or any you know degree of 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 you know statistic that you want you can't judge it you know it it being a success at all you know monetarily critically whatever um but you know just it's just one of those movies to me that i always just get a kick out of watching and um yeah it's just it's just it's perfect i love it and i will hear nothing against it yeah i mean it really helped kylie minogue's career as cammy yeah yeah so random this the cast is just so so random and uh yeah it's it's great i also love that like you know some of these characters like zangief and like e honda are like in it for like two seconds and then people like you know vega and balrog and saga are like (laughs) not even mentioned by name you have to see them named in the credits you're like oh that was that character (laughs) he had negative line and it's just it's just a weird it's just it's a weird movie and i love it so what's the worst thing you could do with a video game that turns into a movie what's the worst thing that you could do um yeah man i think it would be um no me personally i think it'd be exactly what doom did and try to make a weird first person sequence right well how about making a game based on the movie when (laughs) when street fighter the movie the game came out it it was an arcade game first And it played like Mortal Kombat because it used the digitized sprites. So it was, it felt like a Mortal Kombat game. So then it came to the Saturn and to the PlayStation 1. um, And they tried to make it more like a Street Fighter game. Mm -hmm. But by then it was just, it's it's one of the weirdest, uh, like ugly stepchild cousin of the Street Fighter series. Um, And I like, I love digitized, like cheesy 90 sprites. Yeah. But even I know that like, like, no one is going to play Sawada, Kenya Sawada, who was in the movie for, like, a split second. No one's going to put that. They have an Akuma character played by Ernie Ray Sr. Do you remember when Akuma was in the movie? I don't. Could not no. think of him. No. 
Arcane was in the movie, played by Alan Noon. No idea. Yeah, so the game outdid the movie by trying to be even worse. Yeah, they somehow succeeded. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, they were th- actually thinking the the movie, the game, would be the Street Fighter Three that kids were hoping for, and I'm mm. so glad that they buried it in the Capcom vault. Yeah, right, a hundred percent. I I love that they that they called it Street Fighter the movie, the game. <laughs> Uh, oh man so good do yourself a favor go on youtube look at the gameplay and just say what happened to my boy my precious boy (laughs) yeah and thank heavens above he didn't spend 60 dollars to get it right in you know 90s dollars right well it's so funny well mike what a you know couple of great Mount Rushmore's, I got to say. Um, yeah, do, do you have any uh, you know, honorable mentions you want to throw in there? Well, you already nailed my Prince of Persia one. Yep, yep. Um, people forget that Double Dragon was just as bad, maybe worse than Street Fighter. Mm-hmm. Um, it was underwhelming and boring, and it actually made me long for other movies like Batman Forever. That's how like underwhelming it was. Uh, other honorable mention is that Crackle, when Crack Sony owns Crackle, mm-hmm. and Crackle tried to make a Dead Rising series, and man, those guys tried so hard to get what you people like about Dead Rising, but it was it was kind of a weird take on it because it was based off of Dead Rising Three, which no one liked as much as the one where um, you're in a mall and just beating people over the head with mall things. So they used like the least favorite sequel to build a movie around it. And then they made a Dead Rising 2. And from the reviews, I heard it's even further from the series. Yeah, which is disappointing. Mm-hmm. And, I, yeah. Yeah. And this other this other movie, uh, do you remember Company of Heroes? Well, yeah. someone got the rights to make that movie. And ever since I've heard about that, I've always wanted to see it. Just to see what a World War II based on a video game movie would look like. And it sounds like a pretty laughable, very low budget story about yeah. like a bunch of World War II like, like ally soldiers that were responsible for bringing like Christmas turkeys to the army um, and then getting cut off by Nazi soldiers and having to survive in this town being like under siege. Right. So yeah, yeah. just curious about that. For sure. For sure. Um, yeah. So I, I got a, I got a couple, um, two, two animated ones. Uh, first one being uh, the actually good street fighter movie, street fighter Two, the animated movie. Um, um, not the Chun Li live action uh no unfortunately not um <laughs> um but yeah no that one you know that one i saw recently um as as an adult and the animation on it is breathtaking if you love if you love combat anime um action anime check this out for sure uh the voice acting in it is brilliant uh it's really really good um and then the other animated one uh final fantasy 7 advent children um this one kind of continues the story of final fantasy 7 um you know classic heroes cloud strife and um sephiroth plays his role as per usual very good if you haven't seen it check it out and then um more of a recent one mark Wahlberg makes another appearance um uncharted i love this movie um i i really do think it was it's just a fun popcorn flick i love um you know the the dynamic between um tom holland and mark Wahlberg in this and um yeah it it really did feel like a a good spiritual successor to the indiana jones films and um, Mm -hmm. i hope they make a a sequel i hope they continue to explore um 
this this movie that they this universe that they made so yeah those three are my honorable mentions well adam mm. i think if we talked about a mega a mega mount rushmore mm. we have to talk about those that came before us right and nothing explains that better than the trinity of trial and error right which would be street fighter mortal kombat and super mario brothers <laughs> For sure, for sure. I I totally I I agree. I I think if we're gonna make a, a mega one, I think those three have to be there, right? Like they they're the ultimate. Let's you know, let's give it let's give it a chance. And mm-hmm. um, I think then naturally the the fourth one has to be the most recent Mario movie, right? Like it's you know the the bookends, right? The the most recent most successful one and right. you know the ones that struggled to walk and yeah i i i totally agree i i think that you know well, I'll, there's I'll taking so, a real look yeah I, I agree well there's so many mount rushmores like we didn't mention super mario brothers if we right. wanted to talk about the decent actually made us smile movies mm. you know it would be prince of persia right. uh the newer tomb raider <laughs> uh yeah let's throw in max Payne. uh if you want. And uh, the fourth one would be the World of Warcraft, right? Yeah, I think so. I mean, that could be an option. If we're talking right. about iconic, even though it was horrible, that would be that mountain. The actually decent, that would be that mountain. Right, You could right. make a mountain just on current movies. Right. You could you make a mountain on, you know, critically well-received ones, you know, having mm-hmm. you know, Detective Pikachu and the Sonic movies. We didn't even talk about the Sonic movies. Um, mm-hmm. You know, there's, you know, the Mario movies. Yeah, no, totally, for sure. But I... What I really think, you know, is important is with with these video game movies is to see where they were and where they are now. So, yeah, I I totally Mm -hmm. agree. I mean, I just think uh, like video games are on shaky ground right now where they could actually come to the table and bring something that gasp might be Oscar worthy. Right. Um, At the same time, some cocky director could just throw a bunch of money at it, get like a semi-decent writer and just kind of phone it in. And we could go right back to where we started. Yeah, right. That's you know that's the real um, house of cards, right? Yeah. And yeah, I I definitely I think before I think before the Mario movie came out, I think that was kind of where I was at. That you know the future mm-hmm. of these video game movies are really kind of hanging in the balance. But I think with the Mario movie coming out and then just all the critical success. That these um, TV shows, video game TV shows, are getting. I really am hopeful for the future. Right, and that begs the question, like, because the way we look at TV series and movies feels so different. Mm-hmm. Like, TV shows can take their time, can make a big deal out of one scene and one relationship, while movies you have to like nail everything in less than two hours so yeah for sure which is why i think maybe more video games should be tv shows yeah because tv shows in video games you have to like explore things you have to take your time unless you're a speed runner and then you're both not having fun and (laughs) but like you know mortal Kombat alone could be just about uh it could be just exploring who those characters are and i mean even even the backgrounds where they fight those have backstories uh yeah and I think that that's part of the problem, right? Like how, like how do you tell someone, you know, that you know Metal Gear Solid has, you know, uh, you know, ten, fifteen hours of story, and how do you, how do you make a single two-hour movie out of that? You just can't. Right. And yeah, I, I've always been on that train, Mike. Of, you know, I, I just think video games translates to TV better than it does movies. Well, but I mean, 
This is a whole like this is a future episode, but just like the dynamics of a series. Mm. If you think of a series as like a nine to ten hour movie, right, right. um, There's so much more you can get done, and it used to be like, oh, it's it's on TV. It's going to be cheesy. It's going to be for families. It's not going to go to dark places. But like Netflix and Prime and Hulu proved that not to be true. That you can be just as dark and just as artistic um, in a series TV show than you can in a movie right almost the point where i'm like i get a little disappointed like (laughs) when something's only two hours long you know right like in a movie like man am i even gonna understand this (laughs) right are they even gonna explore it fully for sure i know like i need 10 hours if i'm gonna enjoy this Right. Yeah, that's how I feel felt about the uh the Andor TV show. Like it, you know, it I didn't really fully come to the fruition of how I felt about it until I watched, you know, the the recent movie the the creator. Um and mm-hmm. I was like, "Oh man, like this movie is really cool and it's really sci-fi-y and I I love the the gritty realism, but this movie feels like it it needs another 10 hours, you know, right. to, to develop intrigue and plot and story and you know like if it had the andor treatment this would you know you know what i mean like this would have been this would have been perfect right, right it's it's crazy like absolutely nuts that the the line between tv and movies is so blurred now right yeah yeah for for sure and yeah you know, it's an, it's an exciting time to be uh you know to be a fans of you know the this medium and these medium mm-hmm. yeah it's, it's cool to see what we're gonna get next yeah absolutely well mm-hmm. our fans our wonderful fans at the Retrologic discord had a few things to say about their favorite video game movies and ones that they hated versus ones <laughs> right. that they loved right and i you know i really wanted them to take take use of this canvas and just spray mm. as much love slash hate as they wanted to um our good friend octo rock 1982 loved laura croft tomb raider 2001 yeah he wasn't a fan of uncharted so oh you know, maybe we'll, we'll have to fight about it yeah, Angelina Jolie beat out Mark Wahlberg. Yeah, not enough Angelina Jolie in Uncharted. Yes. Um, <laughs> our our face that runs the place, Dan Retrologic. He enjoyed the Street Fighter movie. Adam, you're not alone. Yeah, it's 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 a cult classic. Mm-hmm. And then they get into this big talk, this big winding trail about early 2000s movies, <laughs> blah, 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 blah. As they should. Uh, Spider-Shan says, does the wizard count? The wizard was a two, like a 90-minute commercial for mario brothers 3 right (laughs) yeah before youtube you had to make a movie about a game to get hype right exactly Mm -hmm. but yes the wizard does count that's funny oh man um yeah no for for sure i uh i i see uh a a comment from from double b double d about um final fantasy 7 advent children i Mm -hmm. love that they uh they gave us a shout out for that and they also have uh, a mortal Kombat. so you know they're they're on the same page as us. I love that. Uh, and I, someone talks about Final Fantasy Spirits Within, which is mm. like the first CGI movie, um, like for using like likeness of actors. Oh and yeah, not being for kids, and it was like powered by like the PS2 engine over like 700 PS2 engines powered it. Something yeah. crazy like that. And uh, Final Fantasy Spirits Within had so little to do with Final Fantasy, <laughs> just like how every sequel to Final fantasy has so little to do with final fantasy <laughs> in fact i don't even know what final fantasy is yeah 
who, who knows? Chocobos and Cactar. Right, right. So I don't even know how you would make an adaptation of a Final Fantasy movie. Right, maybe that's a secret. Mm-hmm. I guess you could say it's not a Final Fantasy movie because there was no tents, um, no Phoenix down, and no grinding. Yeah, right. No overworld map. Yeah, no airship. Come on. Figure it out, guys. Yeah. Well, anyways, thank you guys for contributing. And yes, you did go on rabbit trails about mystery men, but I love it. I'm there for the conversation. 100%. Uh, Adam, do you think we did justice to this? You know, this is, you know, this is something that I am, you know, just so personally um, enthusiastic about. So I could talk about this topic forever. So my answer will always be no, because if I said yes, that means we were done talking about it. But yeah, mm-hmm. for today, I think we did it justice. And, you know, I, you know, I'm looking forward to any and all future conversation regarding yeah. it. I'm with you. I'm with you. If if there was a chance that you wanted me to, to watch every video game adaptation, even the Japanese and the anime, um, you know, I would do that homework if I knew you would listen to my podcast and have me talk about Company of Heroes or Far Cry. Um, yeah, but alas, sure. other people have taken up that that wonderful task. For sure. But yeah, I, I, I think we, we've said plenty on the uh, the topic today, and I'm so excited for it. All right. Well, thank you for joining us. Mm-hmm. And thank you, everyone, for uh, pitching in. Uh, as we head into November... We'll have some wonderful things to talk about. So go go to our Discord as we'll discuss more about what we're going to be talking about and voting and talking about movies. All yeah, right. For sure. I've been Mike. I'm Adam. And have a great night. No, you have a great night.